Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Felicidades por el 50th aniversario. We are very proud to be Mexicans. We Mexicans, we are very nationalist. We, we could be anywhere in the world, but we are very Mexicans. <laughs> And I think especially when you are outside Mexico, you are more Mexican or you feel you, you, you really want to be more Mexican. 50 years of New Zealand-Mexico bilateral relations being marked at this event in the Parliament. It's a packed banquet hall and I've just met with the ambassador of Mexico to New Zealand, Alfredo Perez Bravo, who you just heard there. I'm Kadambri Ragukumar and this is Voices. Ambassador Alfredo Perez has served as a career diplomat for about 46 years and as an ambassador for over 30, posted in about 52 countries across the world. But in that really extensive career he's held, he tells me that New Zealand is a strong favourite so far. And coming to New Zealand was uh, not expected for me. And it was like um, a new beginning for everything because New Zealand is in many regards different from other countries. I, I call New Zealand uh, a stress-free country. Uh, Can you imagine I'm coming from, well, I'm from Mexico City, 24 million people in the city. Over the past four years, the ambassador has been working closely with the diaspora, as well as organizations like the Latin American Center for Asia-Pacific Excellence, or LATAM CAPE, to further bilateral relations between the two countries. Mexico is, after all, one of New Zealand's biggest trading partners in the Americas. And there are uh, several areas where Mexico and New Zealand working together very well. Uh, the most well-known is uh, our collaboration in uh, multilateral forums, uh, where Mexico and New Zealand shared almost 100% of uh, our views in global issues. Uh, there are very few countries, maybe, that have, uh, that have this high like a degree of coincidence in, in everything. Most important area that we, we should be working are the human resources. Uh, in my opinion, uh, New Zealand has a lot of uh, expertise in different areas which are extremely important for Mexico. Agro-industry is one of them. Uh, the technology that New Zealand has developed is amazing. Uh, the degree of innovation of New Zealand is also very important. So there are many things that we can learn, but we can learn in different ways. Uh, one way, of course, is having more trade. Uh, other ways to have uh, a very active uh, technical cooperation program. But uh, in my opinion, we should uh, 
form train more human resources from Mexico in New Zealand universities. The diaspora number stands at a little over 3,000, and of those, about 75% are educated at the master's level and beyond. So the profile of the Mexican community in, in New Zealand is uh, very different than the profile of Mexicans in other countries. I was just before New Zealand ambassador in Portugal, and we don't have so many trained people, Mexicans in Portugal, like in New Zealand. Well, that's that's one point. The other, the other thing is that because these people, these Mexicans, are very well trained, uh, they are given to the uh, to the to New Zealand to the development of New Zealand a huge contribution. What were you hoping to achieve when you created this version of what are many? Matthew Omar is the director at Latam Cape. Over the past five years, the centre has been trying to bring to light the importance of focusing on the mutual benefit to be had through deepening connections across business, education and culture between New Zealand and Mexico and the wider South American region. Mexico is New Zealand's largest trading partner in Latin America. That is a fact. Uh, and so um, one of the reasons for that is the complementarity of our economies. Um, with some of our South American partners, we produce sometimes the same things and as a result we could be competing or we collaborate with them to reach another market with mexico it's a different situation um a lot of our, our engagement with mexico is part of the broader north american market so it's also uh, one of the i would say it's one of the four main countries for prime minister scholarships in latin america and so that that's a significant statistic too and beyond that a growing mexican community so the point is to actually help people see that they're not alone, that there is a mesh which can be built upon. It's just a case of slowly building it. We hope that at some point they'll reach something approaching a tipping point where people will actually become more conscious that there is um, a wide-ranging relationship, that it has multifaceted at multi-levels. After a really successful few years, the Centre's project that's helped bridge New Zealand and Latin America wraps up this year. I think if we're going to leave a legacy, which I want us to leave, that's the primary way I think we, do, we, we reach the community. We, we elevate the profile um, so they talk not just among themselves, but, but their contribution or potential contribution to wider society um, can be more broadly, broadly known. One of those areas of contribution is politics. Now, we've had Green MP Ricardo Menendez march, and following suit now is Natalia Albert. That's her speaking to the audience at the event at the Parliament. Mexico-born Natalia was raised by a single mum who was a diplomat and grew up around the US, Canada and Mexico, and came to New Zealand about 12 years ago. She's making her foray into politics as the Opportunities Party candidate standing for Wellington Central this year. I'm very excited. I feel like even though it was unexpected for me to be running for the Opportunities Party, I've been preparing myself for this. In what I've, way? I've been studying political science for 10 years in New Zealand, very focused in the New Zealand context, understanding the interface between the bureaucracy and the public service and parliament. I've also been doing a lot of work with migrants through nonprofit work and advocacy group, and I've also been a public servant for 12 years. And so I feel my perspective is very well aligned right now to go into politics and support the debate in being more balanced, which I think is what's missing, which is what motivated me to run. 
So particularly if you had to outline three issues that you think you would really like to be able to focus on and that you're yeah. determined to focus on, what would those be? Yeah, so I think it would be the experience of underrepresented groups within institutions in New Zealand. So we've done really well in getting the work, f the underrepresented groups into the workforce. But there's a lot of opportunities and barriers at the moment while they are in the workforce, regardless of the sector. And I would really like to focus on underrepresented groups while they, once they're in the workforce and how to get them to get to those influential levels where they can earn more money and have more influence. Groups that are struggling to thrive within institutions and to get to those top tier roles with the higher salaries, because at the moment I don't think that those barriers are being addressed. What do you think is one of the, one of the biggest challenges that people face when they move to New Zealand to set up new businesses or venture out into new enterprise? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there's two key things. One, it's New Zealand's sometimes hesitation in valuing foreign perspectives. I feel that that hesitation isn't necessarily conscious. I don't think you'll find many people that individually would say that they, they have hesitation towards that, but as a system, as a country, there is a hesitation to value perspectives from foreign people. Now, that's a complex topic. I studied it at length at university, and I can talk about hours of it, so understand that when I say that there's a lot of nuance involved in that hesitation, it's not as simple as it sounds, and it's not visible at times. But there is that hesitation from employers, from social groups, from friends and family, from companies to value people's multiple languages, multiple religions, different perspectives, uh, multiculturalism. Like there's, I consider myself to be half American, half Canadian, and half Mexican. I have strong values from all those countries. And so when you try and box me into either Mexican or Latin American or ethnic, I can't fit and I can't see myself. And it's really difficult for me to then talk to employers. The second thing I think people uh, struggle with is understanding how to move up. So how the salary bands work, how the sectors work, what to say in an interview, what's the script, what's the word that Kiwis want to hear to feel a sense of relief and trust in you. And because we come from such different countries that have completely different cultures, we say things that maybe employers just don't resonate with, and it's a language thing, it's a, it's a vocabulary thing. And I think those two things are the biggest barriers to migrants at the moment. So you're not the first Mexican to enter politics I'm into not. New Zealand? <laughs> I mean, Ricardo Menendez March is an incredible role model. I'm very happy he got elected. I'm standing on his shoulders. I was motivated to run because he was already there. So I appreciate the ground that he's laid for people like me. What do you hope for the future of this community in New Zealand and as well as bilateral relations? Well, I have big hopes. I have been close to the Mexican and Latin American community in, in Wellington over the past 12 years, and my experience is that they leave. They leave because they can't establish themselves professionally, because the immigration pipeline is very complicated, because socially they can't integrate into the lifestyle of New Zealanders from not being able to find a partner or know how to communicate with a partner to finding a job to keeping a job. I've heard every single story under the bridge, especially for uh, Latin American community. And these are really highly educated, competent, well-speaking, fluent in English 
community members that struggle a lot for some reason. And I would like to be able to bring that to the decision-making tables, to this building, to the policies that are being designed. And hopefully together, cross-party, cross-sector, we can do a lot more for our community. Ibrahim Omer of the Labour Party, Tamata Paul of the Green Party and Scott Sheeran of National are the other MPs that Natalia is up against. I see them as good as ever, to be honest. I feel like if Grant Robertson and James Shaw were still running, I wouldn't be this optimistic. I'd probably be a bit more intimidated and I might not have even run. But because both of them stepped down, there's a vacuum, right? There's, a, there's a, um, an area that needs to be filled by fresh voices and fresh perspectives. And even though the Greens and Labour have a legacy success rate in Wellington Central. I think because of what's happened over the past few years with COVID and the rise of dis and misinformation and the polarization, there's a lot of appetite to listen to new perspectives and I think I can fill that void quite successfully. What do you think is the biggest void in Wellington Central that you can fill? I think the balanced conversation. I think it's tipped. I mean, our council, the Wellington City Council and the Greater Wellington Regional Council are very green and I can fill that void by balancing that conversation and bring the more conservative, more right-wing voters to the table, which I absolutely think need to be considered in any decision, regardless of how progressive they are. And I agree with most of the what of the Greens and Labour, but I think I can contribute on, how to, on the how, on how to do it in a way that we don't lose people, we don't keep polarizing older populations from younger populations, conservative populations from progressive populations. I think there's more a need now than ever to be the voice that says, I will work with anybody because I'm here to represent as many people as possible, regardless of their views, because we all live here. From Mexico to New Zealand, some of the prominent voices in the Mexican diaspora here, including Ambassador Alfredo Perez Bravo and Natalia Albert. Big thanks to the Latin American Centre for Asia-Pacific Excellence at Victoria University and Matthew Omar as well. My name's Kadambri Raghukumar and every week I bring you stories from across New Zealand about people from all around the world who live here. If you like what you hear, follow us on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also find voices on the RNZ website along with a whole heap of other great podcasts. Today's episode was mixed by Blair Stagpool and I'm Kadambri Raghukumar. Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.